Good morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 7, Acts 7, Luke 23. That's Acts 7, Luke 23, and Matthew 5. Um, before we get started, I, I want to go ahead and um, I want to pray before I, I read the scripture this morning, but I want to pray real specific for several things. Um, we need to be praying for our west side and all up that side of the state up north, just the devastation. I know even, you know, the things you're starting to hear back is they're saying in the Lake Charles area, they won't even have water for 30 days. Can you imagine not having water for 30 days? I mean, you can run on a generator, but you got to have water. And so um, we just need to be praying just the devastation over there. I know for, I know that First Baptist Vinton sustained a lot of damage to their, to their sanctuary and their facilities. Um, First Baptist Lake Charles sustained a lot of damage. First Baptist um, Sulphur sustained a lot of damage. And all those pastors had damage to their houses. And um, Melissa, I know you and Mark, you might remember Michael Linton that used to go to Amit years ago. Anyway, that he's the pastor at First Baptist Sulphur. So we just need to be praying for them. And then we have anywhere from 15 to 40. We really don't know how many people left. We know we have about 25 left from here, and there was more that, that come up yesterday, and there's some. But we have a lot of people from eastern Louisiana that's over there right now, and they're, they're staging out of First Baptist Church Jennings um, is where they're sleeping and all that and working. And they're like today, their big project is to start clearing streets in Lake Charles so that Lake Charles can open up for residents to start coming back. So... Just a lot of prayer need over that we need to be praying for over in that, that area of the state um, because we've been there, you know, and we, we understand that. So I just want to pray for them. And then uh, we need to pray for Mark Roberts is having surgery Friday, is having valve replacement, correct? And, and I'll just be honest, it's different for me as a pastor because typically I'd have been sitting there with him the whole time, but I can't go to hospitals right now. So I feel like I'm failing in my job. And so, but I, I want to pray for Mark real specific and pray for our people that are working before we um, get into worship this morning. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, just say that we love you. Father, wow, what a day you've given us. And Father, just being honest, sometimes whenever... We pray for us to be spared from a storm. We don't think that somebody else is going to be affected. And Father, right now, I want to lift up that side of our state. Father, the ones that, the, the people that lost homes. Father, I know even talking to somebody yesterday, they, their double wide flipped three times. Father, and it's just hard for us to fathom sometimes the, the, the force of winds. And Father... I want to lift up all those people. Father, I want to lift up the churches that can't meet this morning. Father, that sustain damage. Father, and they can't meet just because of their people's not there. Father, and I just ask that, that all of them just experience you in a real way. Father, and just remember it's not about a building, Father, but it's about you and it's about us being your church. Father, I want to pray for our people. Father, just that are from here from eastern Louisiana that's over there serving. Father, protect them. Father, keep them safe. Father, but more than anything, Father, let them be you with skin on. Father, let them be your hands and your feet. Father, let them tell people about your love. Father, because right now these people need to see hope. Father, I want to lift up my brother Mark. Father, I just ask that you give these doctors, Father, and the specialists, Father, wisdom beyond their years, Father, as they replace this valve in his heart Friday. Father, and help him, Father, as he goes through the recovery process, Father, and just... um. Father, that people will be able 
to sneak in and seem whenever we get those chances. Father, but even just remind Mark that you're there. You're there with him. Father, I thank you for today again. Father, and I just ask it right now. Father, open our hearts, Father, so that we can hear from you in a real way. Father, let us, Father, as we talk about, Father, this word grace again. Father, as we start figuring out how to put the pieces together. Father, we see that you have a perfect plan for us. Father, but sometimes it hurts a little to grow. Father, we love you. In son's name I pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to start in Acts 7. And I want to start with um, telling you a, a story back in, um, way back, probably 26, 27, 28 years ago when I first got into engineering, I was um, in a structural group. And, you know, back then, or I guess it's still today, I hadn't been in the engineering office in 10 years. And, but the coffee pot's kind of where everybody huddled around. And back then... That's when they still smoked in the building. And so you'd walk into the coffee room, the break room, and they'd be drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. And, you know, just a lot of times it was a lot of fun. You'd laugh and catch up. And, and Mark, will, Mark will understand, and he knows that a lot of times that's where a lot of your job happened because you'd meet with other disciplines around the coffee pot to see what was going on. Well, this particular day, I've never been a coffee drinker. And back then I was a Coke drinker before Diet Cokes and um, before I had diabetes. And so I went down to the vending machine and got a Coke and I went up in the break room while they was drinking coffee. And it was just all at once, it erupted. And I guess that's the best word to describe it. It erupted. And I, I, I think that there's um, what I call hot topics. There's always hot topics that's going on in society, right? So right now the hot topic is COVID and masks and stuff like that. Well, back then, the hot topic, the, the big thing that everybody was talking about was abortion. And there was a couple of guys that I worked with, and I, I would still stand today and tell you that these were good Christian men. But they got sideways really quick with two or three of the ladies in the office over this topic of abortion and over the right and the wrong and all that. And it literally, when I tell you erupted, it turned into an immediate screaming match where they was pointing fingers at each other across the break room. The break room wasn't that big. So, I mean, it was literally fingers like this in your face. And, and I stood and I listened for a few minutes and I just eased out and I went back to my office because I knew there was going to be no good end to that conversation. Well, the, the two guys that I would tell you that was my friends that were believers they come immediately when it was over and said, why did you walk out on us? Why didn't you stand there and, and defend the Bible and all that? And I said, because y'all wasn't winning that conversation. And I said, to me, it's about living the gospel and you have to win the gospel. And they said, what do you mean? They said, we was defending. And I said, no, you was making people mad and they shut down and they quit listening to you. And so they got mad at me and walked out of my office. And I still had a piece about what I'd done. Well, over the next two weeks, those three young, I say young, those young ladies back then, they're my age. But over the next three weeks, I had a chance to sit down and talk to all three of them, knee to knee, eye to eye, and share my heart. And before it was over with, over the next two years, I had a chance to lead all three of those ladies to the Lord. And it all stemmed back to that eruption in the kitchen and how grace was not in that kitchen that day. And it was everything but grace. And so why do I tell you that? Because 
You know, for us to really live for God, sometimes things get painful and sometimes things hurt. And so in Acts chapter 7, I'm going to read all three passages, so we're going to skip around pretty quick. But in Acts chapter 7, verse 54, it said, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And at this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now turn with me over to to Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 23. We're going to be in verse 32. And it said, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to, to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting of lights. And go with me one more time over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23. It said, therefore if you are offering your gift at the altar. And there, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come. And offer your gift. You know, as you read these this morning and you're thinking, where's grace in all of this? You know, where does grace come into this? But hear what I'm telling you this morning. That grace is greater than your hurts. We've all had hurts in our life, haven't we? We've had things that have happened to us. And so, but we have to understand that grace is greater than our hurts. But sometimes for us to receive the freedom from our past wounds, wounds, we have to Seek forgiveness. We have to forgive people. Or sometimes we have to be forgiven. You know, and that's where I say, that's where it starts hurting. I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about emotional pain. I'm talking about the pain in your heart. You know, because for us, sometimes we we have to get rid of those emotions like anger and resentment. And we have to figure out how to purge those things out of our life. We have to figure out how to get them out of our life. Because what happens? We compartmentalize things, don't we? And we say, all right, this hurt, I'm going to put here. And then I'm going to live this part here of my heart and this part here of my heart. But that hurt and resentment's always there. So, you know, last week we talked about how grace comes from God. But I want you to let this sink in for just a minute. What if I said grace is only grace if it goes both ways? Receiving it from God But refusing to give grace to others is not an option. Sometimes we have to give that grace. And some of you are sitting there thinking this morning, Brother Johnny, you done got my business, and I didn't come here today for that. I didn't want to preach this today because it brings up a lot of things in everybody's lives. But grace is grace. 
And how can we expect to experience grace from God? How can we expect God to give us grace and then us draw a wall and say, you remember God, you remember that compartment I got over here, this anger and resentment and hurt. God, you remember this compartment I have over here where somebody did this to me. I'm going to hold on to this. I just want you to wash over me with your grace and I'm not going to give any grace. But that's not what God calls us to do. You know, whenever you read this and you, you know, go back into Luke chapter 7 and it's talking about Stephen and how Stephen was being dragged out and Stephen was being stoned. They were literally killing him. Can you imagine? I can't imagine having a big rock thrown at me once, much less having enough of them thrown at me that they're going to kill me with them. And so that's what's happening. And these people are mad because what they say that they were gnashing their teeth and they were furious with him because of his walk with God. But I want you to hear the words in verse 60. It says, then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Do you hear that? He says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Whenever we go over into Luke, um, chapter 23, verse 32, and you read down a little bit, and it says, what does Jesus say? It says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. You know, both these right here, Stephen and Jesus, both of them, they didn't look the ones in the eyes that was hurting them. You know, Jesus didn't look at the guards, and he didn't look at the ones that put him on the cross. He didn't look into the crowd. Stephen didn't look at the ones that were throwing the rocks at them. Both of them looked up to God and said, God, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Some of us, for us to really be healed, for some of us to really experience that grace from God, we need to go to God and say, God, just forgive them. God, help me forgive them. We need to start with him. But again, that's not always easy, is it? You know, it's not always easy. You're saying, well, you're comparing me to Jesus. Well, what does Scripture tell us to do? That we're to imitate him. You know? And so whenever Jesus looks up and he starts talking, you know, and, and something else that, that I love apart in this Scripture about Stephen is when Stephen is there literally throwing the stones at Stephen and they're pummeling him with these stones. What does Stephen say? He says, look, I see heaven open." And the Son of Man is standing at the right hand of God. God is standing for us. He's there. We have to be willing to do our part. We have to be willing to say, all right, God, I need you to help me with this. God, I need you to do this. And so where do we start with that even? For some of us, we need to acknowledge our hurt. Because again, remember, we compartmentalize. We put it in these little boxes for some of us, we need to acknowledge that there's hurt there. We need to say, all right, God, I, I know that I've been hurt. God, I know that this has happened to me. We need to start with um, acknowledging our hurt. We need to release our rights. When we give him our life and we give him our heart, we have no rights anymore. We need to release our rights. We need to pray for our enemies. Think about that. Think about how our day would go if every morning we knew that when we walked into our job place, for some of us, we might be walking into a battle zone with people that we work with. For some of us, even within our families, 
What if we started our day with asking God to use us? Asking God to help us seek forgiveness. Asking God to help us seek reconciliation. Asking God to help us with restoration. Asking God to protect us in that. What if we started with prayer for our enemies? And then we just learn to lean on the Lord more. I'm a fix-it person. I, you know, I like, if you come to me and say, hey, Johnny, this is going on, I want to fix it. And so one of the things in my life that I've had to learn to do more and more and more is lean on God and say, God, I, I've got no control over this. God, I can't fix this. God, I need you to take control of this. And so we need to do those things. We need to acknowledge our hurt. We need to release our rights. We need to pray for enemies. And we need to learn, on, learn to lean on the Lord. Because what's it tell us over in Matthew 5? You know, that, that's a pretty, um, what's a good word? Jab you in the throat verse. In Matthew 5 verse 23, it says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Right here, God's telling us, if you know there's something going on, you need to fix it. You need to go to them people. You need to go seek reconciliation. You need to go seek restoration. You need to go seek forgiveness. Or you need to go do the forgiving. And then when you've done that, then come back. And bring your gift. Then come back and then you worship me. Then you come back and you're going to experience my grace like no other. You know, and I tell you that this was not easy to get ready, to get ready for and to start looking at because it, it, it digs in deep. Last Sunday we sang a song for um, special during the, the, the worship, I mean during the, the word part. And I just want to read these words to you again because this, this song is so, um, I don't want to use the word simple, but I guess it's a simple song. But it means so much when you really hear it. You know, and if you weren't here last week, go on YouTube and, and listen to Here's My Heart by David Crowder. You know, in the words, it says, here's my heart, Lord, speak what's true. So when we sing these words, you know, Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. Speak what's true. What if he, whenever he speaks what's true, he's telling us that we need to seek those things I've just been talking about. We need to seek reconciliation. We need to seek forgiveness. We need to seek restoration. You know, what if whenever we sing those songs and we read scripture and we're saying, God, speak into me, and that's what he starts speaking in. And what do we do sometimes? We start shutting the world down. Mm, not doing that. We dig our feet in. You know, and then the words goes on and says, I'm loved, I'm made pure, I have life, I can breathe, I'm healed, I'm free. If we sing these words, can we mean them if grace don't go both ways? And then it goes on and says, because you are strong, you are sure, you are life, you endure, you are good, always true. You're light, you are light breaking through. Can we really mean those words? And we're not doing what he's telling us to do. You know, in Luke 10, 27, what's it says? It says, love me with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, and all your mind. You know, if we really want to experience grace and we learn to love our God with all those things, then what are we going to do? 
And I think I've told this story before, but my very first summer here at Live Oak Baptist Church in June of 2004, I'd been here three or four months. We was at youth camp, and we was at Centrifuge up in Jackson, Mississippi. And the very first night of worship, and it was a, a young camp pastor, and as he started speaking, and God just started wrecking me. I'm just being honest. He started wrecking my heart because I had compartmentalized some hurt. And that night at that youth camp, God used that pastor to speak into me. And I had that hurt just kind of started welling up. And the crazy thing is, is the person that had hurt me didn't even know they had hurt me. Does that make sense? They had said some things and their actions wounded me, but I never went back and told them. So I walked out of the worship service in the middle. He was still speaking. I walked out, went outside, and I called the person. And I said, I need you to forgive me. And he said, excuse me? I said, you said some things that hurt me. I'm not going into that. I just need you to forgive me so that I can be the man that God's called me to be and I can't have this holding me back. And he said, okay, I forgive you. Hung up the phone. 16 years later, he still don't know what happened. It don't matter because God took it that night. And so that, you know, that's how I want to close this morning. You know, how do, how do we experience grace for some of us? We need to do these other things. For some of us to really experience God's grace, we need to seek reconciliation, restoration, forgiveness, or we need to forgive. And when we've done that, then we're going to experience God. Father, we come to you right now, Lord. Just say that we love you, Father, and I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, just being so clear. Father, and sometimes we might not have that option to look somebody in the eye and ask them to forgive them or ask that we um, accept forgiveness. Father, but we can come to you. Father, today I just ask you, you show us our hearts. Really, really show us our hearts. And Father, let us see you and hear from you and not be afraid of what you're showing us. Father, if there's somebody in here this morning, Father, that needs to start their walk with you, Father, if today needs to be the first day of that journey where they say, Father, forgive me. Father, I know that I've sinned and I need you to become the Lord of my life. Father, if there's somebody in here today, Father, let them start that journey today. Father, there might be some that, that wants to make Live Oak Baptist their home. Father, they want to call this home. And Father, just show them that today. But Father, more than anything, Father, let us experience you in a way we've never experienced before. Father, experience your grace. Father, we love you. In the Son's name I pray. Amen.